a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What does it take to put together an award-winning marketing campaign? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johns, and I'm joined today by Dustin Schlafly of Next Tech. He is the Director of Customer Engagement. Dustin, thanks for joining me. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you. If you attended the conference uh, in New Orleans, the NTCA Marketing and Sales Conference down there, uh, Dustin was on a panel uh, that I was fortunate enough to moderate where he talked a lot about um, some over-the-top options, and we may get into a little bit of that there. Um, So, Dustin, I appreciate you um, uh, taking the time to be on that panel, taking the time to join me today, and congratulations on uh, second runner-up for the uh, marketing campaign with the NTCA Marketing Excellence Awards. Thank you. Appreciate that. So uh, what I want to get into is for you just kind of first right off the bat, give us a little bit of an overview um, for the folks that may have seen uh, the list of winners. There's not really a place to get into what the entries were. Mm-hmm. So uh, what was what campaign did you guys enter uh, to win the uh, second runner up for marketing campaign? Okay, so as you said, it was the marketing campaign category that we entered. So um, late or actually I should say late, yeah, about late in September of 2018, uh, we launched a new over-the-top product. It's the Moby TV platform, but we actually call the service TV now. So really the campaign that we put together was all of the materials, pretty much anything inclusive, um, coming up with the naming of the branding of TV now, uh, the logo. Um, it included radio, TV, um, door clings, flyers, all of the training materials, the training videos, um, pretty much any anything and everything that we put together to really uh, launch that product to the customers and even launch it internally to our employees as well, too. So there are several things to unpack there, and I want to get into particularly what you said about the employees first. So when uh-huh. you have when you have something going on uh, like this, which is a pretty big change for y'all um, to get yes. into really um, aggressively promoting um, over the top instead of a linear video product. Um, it always kind of starts with the employees. So, and I think it's important that on a marketing campaign that you send in for uh, award consideration like that, that you know, it's important to consider that audience as well. Mm-hmm. What uh, what did you guys do for the employees? Uh, so really a lot of training. I mean, we had internal training sessions. I mean, I guess once we got closer to actual launch date, I mean, I mean, prior to getting uh, closing to launch date, we had, I'm going to say probably a handful of, I'm going to say friendly employees, probably in the neighborhood of 20. Um, you know, a lot of technicians, marketing people, some frontline people that were really through the whole beta testing thing. When we were testing the system and through the different elements, they were always on and using the system. Um, so that was a big training piece of it. Um, then just early on, as soon as we were able to, um, get our test site deployed or the test app deployed um, so we could go out into like Amazon Market and download the test app. Uh, we were getting Fire Sticks and the Apple TV and the Roku devices and in all the tech supervisors' hands um, so all those techs could get hands-on um, knowledge of the product, you know, really how to go about downloading the, the app itself and then 
um, installing the fire stick or the device that they were using and just the process of going through that. I mean, while we all think in today's world that uh, some of this technology is easy for those of us that work in the technology industry every day, yeah, it's pretty easy and it comes pretty natural. But there's even some people that work in the technology sector over every day that, you know, some of it doesn't come easy. So we just wanted to make sure all the all the staff were up to speed as we went through um, all of that. And then as we got closer, um, one thing that we did is we did open up the service to all employees uh, company-wide about a month prior to the public launch um, just so you know they could test it and try it out because I think we all agree um, that a lot of our, you know, everybody's a salesperson at the company. So if you're going to church or see somebody at the grocery store or whatever, um, typically people are going to ask about a new product or a service like this when you roll it out. So we thought it was beneficial. Right. Um, the employee that really wanted to try it could try it, and we gave it to them free to use uh, for a month just to kind of get used to it. And, you know, some of them kept it, some of them didn't. I mean, uh, you know, we have employees, too, that are on a budget, too, that have decided to cut the cord and don't have a video product. Right. So, uh, But we at least wanted to give everybody the opportunity to try it if they, if they wanted to. And I guess I've kind of got the cart before the horse a little bit. I was ready to jump in and talk about the campaign, but if you don't mind, um, and I know we spent a lot of time in our panel talking about the service, um, but if you don't mind, just kind of sum up. So it was branded as TV Now for you guys. It was the Moby right. platform. If you don't mind, just kind of summarize yes. what this product uh, was. I guess I should have started there. Okay. So uh, like you stated, it is the Moby platform that we launched. Um, basically, it's the hosted platform. Um, so basically, we really don't have anything on network except for uh, a few servers for the product. So um, basically, when we launched, uh, we were really looking for a service that I'm going to say pretty much mirrored traditional TV service. And I'm going to say, quite honestly, once you get an, the app deployed and get into it, it does mirror traditional video service uh, pretty much. Um, and we left all of our packages exactly the same. Um, so we have the you know the basic package, the skinny bat bundle, and then we have the deluxe version. So really, the channel lineup per se of those. Um, mirrors um, the traditional video. Um, the only thing we did, we tried to trim out any extra expenses that we could um, along the way. So a lot of our, well, actually all of our local channels per se, we had some local church channels, school channels, all that kind of stuff. That was going to be increment, incremental cost to put those in the in the lineup. So we did strip those out uh, when we launched it. Um, but again, the, the price pretty much matches uh, traditional video. It's a little bit cheaper um, per month. Um, kind of a few unique things like when you uh, take when you do the Moby service they bundle some things together so like DVR and uh, HD are actually bundled into the base fees of the package so we actually uh, to roll that out that way to the consumer as well too um, so when you take the the TV now service it includes HD and DVR service so typically in a traditional video model um, customers are having to uh, that's an upcharge for them so that's a huge advantage especially a sales advantage of trying to get people to convert from the traditional platform um, over the TV now service and then as far as incremental charges uh, three streams is basically um, the base package so you could basically be watching three uh, three live video streams at any one point in time 50 hours of DVR storage and then you can incrementally add streams. Um, so a stream is $5 to upcharge, and then you can that adds 50 hours of DVR storage as well too. Um, the other nice thing about the Mobi platform that's, uh, we haven't probably promoted as much as we should have, and we're working more on it, um, but there is also the iOS and Android apps available. Um, so you can uh, watch TV service um, on your device um, as long as you're connected to your home network, you can watch the live. 
but another nice feature is you can watch DVR content um, actually off network, off of your home network. So, nice. you know, I'm going to say if you're going on a vacation yeah. per se and you have Toon or Cartoon Network or whatever it could be, you know, your kid can be watching the DVR content while you're driving down on the highway for vacation. So that's kind of a cool feature. Yeah, we've got a four hour car ride with a seven year old tomorrow. So that sounds like a handy feature for sure. <laughs> yes, it would be. <laughs> right. yes. Uh, and, and you mentioned it there, but uh, it sounds like a great product um, once you get into it. But uh, I know that a lot of what you guys did with this campaign was what you just mentioned there, that uh, once you get people to download the app and get you know get it going with startup, it kind of mirrors what they're used to. Mm-hmm. But I know that, that first, those first few steps, getting people to switch to something they weren't entirely familiar with can be uh, quite an issue, quite a thing. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what this campaign did to make that an easy transition for folks or as easy as possible. Um, I guess probably uh, along that, you know, a lot of people are willing to transition and the transition is easy. Well, I wouldn't say easy, but the price point one, um, helps a lot of them want to do the transition. Um, but I will say a lot of the pieces we had to put together early on where I'm going to say informational or training pieces, um, what we did, um, print pieces as well too. Cause you know, some people prefer print versions. Some people want to walk out of your store with a step-by-step, um, guide like how I put my Amazon device in the uh, in the TV and go through the programming instructions. So we not only did that, uh, but we did digital versions as well too. So it's available um, in like an FAQ section on our website too. Um, we also did training videos as well too, um, specifically on the training videos more than the step by step how to install it. Those were more related to um, the interface of like how to use the remote. Um, because it's one of those things where, you know, when we, when people are in the traditional video with a set top box, we've kind of got them used to using one universal remote to really turn on their TV, turn on the set top and you channel up, channel down and all that kind of stuff. So it is a little bit different, um, going to the over to over the top platform. Um, because when we really launched, we primarily are using fire stick in most of the applications. That's what we're actually selling in our stores. So, um, when we initially launched with the base fire stick, um, again, there was not a functionality on the base re- fire stick remote for power on power off. So again, kind of transitioning that customer, getting back to used to having to use the old TV remote or their TV remote to turn the power on and also volume up and down because the fire stick did not have that. Um, since the new version of the fire stick has been released, um, there is a power button on there, um, that you can interface with most TVs, So it will power on the, the TV and the fire stick at the same tam- time and also volume up, volume down. So that's been a big improvement, but just some of those training curves, I, I kind of mentioned when you and I did the, the panel discussion, it was kind of like deja vu in a little bit, in a little sense, because, you know, 15 or 12 or 15 years ago, when we were launching the IPTV product, you know, and taking a customer from traditional coax video over to a digital platform, kind of that training, um, getting them used to a universal remote, the set-top box. It's it's kind of like deja vu in a sense because we're having a new iteration of technology and taking them through that next next level. So going through that training all over again, but just with a different platform. I could see how that would uh, that would seem familiar to you, uh, having, having been through that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing I had for you, um, what are some things that you learned along the way? Um, and this, this podcast is kind of uh, jumping back and forth between um, the campaign uh, that you know you guys won the award for, but also the actual process of mm-hmm. of moving towards a um, you know OTT first kind of uh, attitude or uh, mentality. 
But what are some things that you learned along the way, either with the campaign or with the OTT transition um, that you'd like to share? Uh, any advice for somebody who may be on the fence or somebody who's just looking to do a, uh, a you know, uh, come up with a campaign on the scale and, and level that you guys have? A couple things I'll mention, um, I guess, and one thing most people might think this is kind of funny in a sense, and it is kind of funny when you say it, but uh, don't assume that everybody in 2019 knows what Amazon is or has an Amazon account. Um, you know, a lot of us think of Amazon being in our daily lives today, and it is for right. a lot of people, but there are still people out there that, you know, aren't really comfortable with it, have not used Amazon. Um, so that has been, I will say, more of a learning curve than we probably really expected. Um, because I think what we're seeing some um, with an older demographic being somewhat on a more of a fixed income and still that um, age demographic is still wanting more of a traditional video product. Um, they see it being pretty enticing to be able to save 15 or 16 bucks a month on a video product. Um, so we are getting those customers to transition. Um, but those customers are not always the best with technology, and a lot of those don't have an Amazon account. So um, that's been a little bit of a challenge um, in, the, in the context of, you know, they call in to sign up for service or they walk into your store. It's probably a little bit easier if they walk in, um, but if they call into your store, you know, they sign up for the service, um, having the CSR, you know, trying to step them through the steps that they'll have to do um, to set up the service and setting up that Amazon account is kind of another step that a lot of them aren't familiar with. And then again, the other kind of fear factor that comes to that as well, too, um, with that age demographic, sometimes they're lenient about um, putting a credit card online. And with any really over-the-top platforms like this, I mean, even if you set up your iPhone, if you're going to uh, get items from the store, any of your phone devices, you have to have a payment method on file. So um, that's somewhat of a hesitation for some customers to actually want to put uh, a credit card payment or a credit form of payment out there, typically a credit card or debit card. Um, one thing we have made a recommendation to some customers that if they're fearful of that and you can use it, do it specifically on Amazon um, is to go buy uh, you know a $25 Amazon account and just put that on there because that does recognize that as a form of payment. Because um, the one challenge is you have to have a form of a payment on there uh, to even be able to download the app. So it, it's kind of a halts the whole process. If there's not a payment form out there, you couldn't even la uh, load the next tech TV now app. So that's kind of one thing I guess I would uh, stress to people, you know, just be very clear. And we've even had to go back and tr uh, change a few of our training materials and just some of the pieces, uh, that we send with customers out the door, um, on, you know, not just how to install the fire stick and do the step-by-step -step of that, but again, going a step backwards and how to create that Amazon account. Uh, so that's, that's one of them. That's not um, something the, I ever really would have, have, uh, have thought about. Um, cause like I said, you just assume everybody has it in terms of, in terms of the exactly. campaign, if we can end on that, um, is there anything, cause I know oh, yeah. you, this isn't your first campaign. You've done quite a few, um, are there some things when you kind of start off a, a new campaign or kick something off that you always try to take uh, into consideration um, that you'd like to share there? Um, I guess I, one thing that I'll share that I felt was very successful for us in, the, in launching this new service sure. and this campaign, uh, and we do a lot of webinars and things like that, and we have done some Facebook Live, um, but Facebook Live was actually very popular for the launch of this event. Um, we had, if I remember right, 
after the view factor. It was about 5,000 views on the wow. Facebook Live event. Um, but we actually had a ton just viewing it live that day. We kind of did it at noon um, because basically looking at our Facebook stats over history, you know, people take lunch and a lot of our users are actually online over the lunch period. So we thought that would be a big, uh, good time to do it. So had some great um um, success with that. And actually we tracked it for the next two days um, after that point in time and saw about uh, a significant rise in sales the next couple of days after that, just specifically because I'm assuming because of that, that launch mechanism that way. And it was a good way to interact with customers at the same time. They could ask questions during the live event if we needed to excellent. answer a question. So that was something we had done different that we had. Yeah, traditionally that's excellent. Done before. And it's great to see uh, an immediate, um, you know, response like that afterwards. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, uh, Dustin, I know that you've got to get going, but I do appreciate you taking the time to join us here on this podcast and kind of share your shots and uh, your thoughts and share your experience. And once again, congratulations on uh, the runner up um, marketing excellent awards. Awesome. Thank you for having me. He is Dustin Schlafly. He is the um, uh, Director of Customer Engagement at Next Tech. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Word South. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.